0: Hi, I'm Dan from Desert Island Dicks. This episode features writer, actor and team captain on the Do The Right Thing podcast, Margaret Caborn-Smith. I really enjoyed this episode. Margaret was great fun and picked a brilliant selection of people and things. And without giving too much away, her story towards the end about a made-up word that terrifies her really made me laugh. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Now... It's 2021 and there's a plague going on outside and who knows what's going to happen with that. And that's why it's really important when you're stuck at home all day to get stuff off your chest so you can stay calm and don't just explode with rage one day when you see someone in the supermarket not wearing a mask properly or taking the last bag of oranges or something like that. And with that in mind, every week we invite you to tell us who and what you find annoying on our sister podcast, Compact Dicks, where we hear your choices of who and what you'd hate to be stuck with on an island. You can tell us your choices at dickspod.com slash contact or DM us on Twitter and Instagram at dixpod. Also, it's really helpful if you subscribe to this podcast and give us a rating and a review. So please do that if you haven't already. It only takes a minute. And you'll also get extra dick points, which I've just invented, but let's pretend it's something real and very valuable. OK, I'm off to try and work out if I've had my phone hacked since falling for a scam on WhatsApp earlier this evening. But I hope you have a lovely week and enjoy this episode of Desert Island Dicks with Margaret Caborn-Smith. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is actor, writer and team captain on the Do The Right Thing podcast, Margaret Cabourne-Smith. How are you doing?
1: Hello. Well, you know i'm all right um a friend of mine said recently that when she asks how are you she just assumes everyone is a sort of base level of shit yeah yeah and so you know uh, so yeah shit but also yeah okay not bad not bad (laughs) today given that given the pandemic
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah it's just sort of i don't know i take my sort of mood on an hour to hour basis so
1: yes yeah yeah i remember um reading in a, in some sort of AA handbook. I'm not AA but uh, but someone's saying, Well, you know, they say take it one day at a time, but sometimes that's really, really a long time mm. a day. Yeah. So yeah, hour by hour is much, much better. Yeah. See I'm doing next hour.
0: <laughs> well people sometimes go, Oh you're sounding quite upbeat today I'm like Right. Okay. Oh, well, that's that's good. Now I wasn't half an hour ago, but uh, yeah. and I might and not I be won't ma- be in yeah. half
1: an hour. <laughs>
0: <Exactly>. <laughs> well
1: done for catching me in this window. Yeah.
0: And uh, so, <laughs> how did you find, uh, bearing our sort of mood and everything uh, in mm. mind, how did you find the process of compiling your list of dicks today?
1: Well, uh, it was. I I took it in the spirit of, hey, things could be worse. <laughs> you know so in that way like imagining this situation has been very good because it makes me appreciate the the three people I do live with you know because there's a bit of like there's a bit of me that thinks well however bad these three people are at least they're not the same three people I have seen for 24 hours a day since March the 22nd um so no, it's um it's been good. I'm sort of thinking it would be nice to have the desert island weather, mm. although we, that's not necessarily good, is it? No, I mean in my head that I always be. picture a Mom sunny seems. kind
0: of desert island mm. with palm trees and stuff. So yeah, uh, let's say we'll give you that. Well, you know you can oh, at least thanks. have that. I mean, That'll help. with that yeah. obviously comes things like sunburn and tropical insects as well. So yeah, you know, exactly. is- and
1: I will. I I mean I, the last time I went to Italy. I think my record was 102 mosquito bites wow. okay. at one time. So, yeah, yeah, not looking forward to that. But, you know, that'll be distracting from the terrible conversations that I'll be forced to have. Yeah, well, food, et
0: let's find out who you'll be having them with then. Who's going to be your first choice to join you on the island?
1: My first choice is Gary Barlow. Hmm, good. And, good, good. <laughs> um, I, and I feel, I have mixed feelings about, Gary Barlow, as I think a lot of us do, because he sort of started out as a joke, Mm. didn't he? He was kind of the the one where you're like, oh, look at those fit young men doing backflips. Who's the one with the thick neck and the sad (laughs) expression? It's Gary Barlow. But then you have the whole... um, You know, he was the talent. He was the proper talent and the songwriter. Mm. And then it was sad when it seemed like Robbie Williams was winning and he'd gone off to L.A. and was really you know having a terrible time and everyone felt a bit sorry Mm. for him um and then he came back you know he came back stronger and it seemed like he was was winning Mm. and he wrote amazing songs you know i won't deny he's a he's a very very talented songwriter but then the tax thing Mm. happened and i'm just not not okay with it (laughs) i'm just not okay with it also do you know what it wasn't just the tax thing it was the fact that he refused to feel bad about it mm. or apologise or whatever. He said, oh, I don't think anyone I don't think anyone cares, I don't think any of our fans care about that. That sounds more like Howard Donald, <laughs> but, um, you know what I yeah. mean? I, I and he and I was just like oh, I sort of wish that I was a bigger take that fan so I could make more of a fuss. <laughs> abandoning him (laughs) and saying, no, I do care. I really, really care. And it's one of those things that every time I see him on Children in Need or whatever, I think, if you paid your tax, Mm. there'd be fewer children in need, (laughs) you fucking moron. Um, And I know that that's not quite how it works either. But um, also that voice, that very, very boring, Mm. slow voice. I feel like he'd be doing a lot of mansplaining. Yeah, I... That's what I feel
0: like. He just... I just feel he and the world takes him way too seriously. I don't yes. like how he's evolved it. You sort of hinted at it, like how he's evolved into this older statesman slash yes. national treasure, and it's like just admit you're in you... your jelly in your pants. Yeah, you know your band name is Take That. Hey, you take that. <laughs> Whenever boy bands get sort of to this stage where they're kind of middle aged, kind of. You know, these uh, bordering yeah, on national, the yeah, the statesmen. I always like to yeah. remind people of what their name is. So we're like, boy zone, you're, you're the zone of boys, you know, the boy <laughs> zone. Let's go to the boy zone, you know, and that yeah. kind of...
1: You're not man zone, are you? You didn't call yourself
0: man zone. Yeah. Granddad zone. And then that kind of puts them in their place. I mean, a West life, I suppose, is fairly perennial that you can't, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's um, vague, isn't it? Yeah, I just have this problem. It's like, it doesn't matter how many times you, we see you behind a grand piano. To me, you're you're not a composer. You're not this sort of like great no. songwriter. No. You know, so like you're still no. knocking out this kind of pop. And I don't know. I just, I think because with me, I don't feel as old as I probably am. So it feels too <laughs> soon for them to have reached this status of like, oh, these great singer songwriters. It's like, yeah. no, come on, you're still a yeah, boy band. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And also, I can't stand that whole... um. Oh, the him and Robbie thing mm. where it's like you get together quite a lot now mm. it's not it's not a big deal we're not like oh my god like the first time yeah it was exciting because they'd really they'd hated each other mm. and whatever and now they're together it's like sometimes there's three sometimes there's four whoop-de-doo <laughs> you know who gives a shit I mean if Jason well I'd be very sad if Jason Orange came back because he's the one with the um, the ethics mm. you know he was, it's just unfortunate that he didn't have any skills <laughs> to um to lift him above that mm. but I'm still he's still my my number one mm. because he was he was really sweet he was like oh I thought we were going to like become a commune <laughs> sort of and they were like no 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 we don't want to pay our taxes we just want to become millionaires and
0: yeah like Scrooge McDuck and he does just seem really boring as well doesn't he yeah
1: oh and that I mean the thing the thing that really gets me you know he's really good mates with James Corden
0: oh really and
1: that's I mean Mm. that's unforgivable not only that but you should look at all the listeners should as well look up the song that he and James Corden have recorded where they it's all bants right if you can imagine oh. the worst kind of oh you're the sort of friend who um you know who makes faces when I'm playing the piano and then James Corden will sing a little bit of that i mean you know they they burst into song and honestly my arms have just gone fizzy yeah. from the sh- the shame of it the utter yeah
0: just imagining shame that like I'm
1: oh so upsetting
0: having a palpitation
1: yeah <laughs> exactly I feel like I've had a strong and coffee. the bants and i feel like I, I mean, James Corden, I think, is a nasty piece of work. Probably, don't mind saying mm. it. But Gary Barlow, I feel like he used to be the the victim, and he's learnt how to do bants so that he can stand up to his, you know, his more, his more alpha male friends, so he can take the piss out of their haircuts or what you mm. know, whatever mean mm. things. Um, yeah, and you know those that way that sometimes if someone's been a victim, when they get a bit of power, yeah they they go yeah. power mad. I feel like that's Gary Barlow, in a really boring way. It's like the worst of
0: all ways. Yeah, I think he's so weird. Like, I remember seeing him... It would have been on something like The X Factor, you know, where they go to people's houses. Is it Was he on The X yes. Factor or one of those?
1: He was, yeah, yeah. I, was, I know, I was sort of dimly remembering this. And today. you know
0: when you see inside stars' houses, and it's always one of those things where, like, unless you're really into interior design, you have a house that's too big for a normal person to live in, so you get someone to do it for you. <laughs> And his yes. interior decor was so sort of like what he imagines sort of a famous person's house to look like. But if, <laughs> What did it look like? I remember loads of sort of like, you know, if you go to like a hotel and they have like very heavy curtains with lots of. What's it called? I want to say brocade. Is that the word? Brocade,
1: yeah, I was going to say that. Just that
0: everywhere. Like, it looked like he was sort of in some kind of weird hotel, but it was his house. Like, too much fabric, like a lot of pleats.
1: That sounds like it's covering things up as well. Yeah, just
0: lots of pleated fabric everywhere. And you're like, what? What? Whose idea is this?
1: Make this look like the most brilliant hotel in Manchester, please. Yeah, make it look really expensive. That's what he's done.
0: Like, well, it will just be expensive, really expensive when we've done with it. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you're not in control of that. It will be expensive because you're Gary Barlow.
1: <laughs> yeah. Although, do you know my friend um, made a puppet for Paul McCartney, and um, and spoke to Paul McCartney on the phone, and he said there was just a really he said there was a really interesting moment where he said just don't take the piss, you know. And when he was asking about budget and stuff, he said just don't take the piss. And it was such a brilliant thing for Paul McCartney yeah. to say because it's admitting. Obviously, I have all I have literally all the money in the world and can pay anything, but be a bit of a bigger person than that. And don't just charge me it because I'm rich. Mm. And I I think it totally works.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I just think with Gary Barlow, he'd show you around and he'd make sure he told you how much everything cost. You know, yes.
1: Price tags might still be on it.
0: Yeah. Oh, you see that uh, big ceramic Jaguar? Yeah. 14 grand that cost. I didn't ask. I wouldn't want to buy it. But, but now I know. Thank you, Gary. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Campfire sing-alongs as well, you're going to have to deal with on the island.
1: I would, yeah, yeah. It'll be, that, I mean, I have to say, that is not so, like, that will seem like respite, <laughs> I think. Mainly because, well, unless he's, uh, maybe he makes all of his grudges into songs and he starts, you know, sort of passive-aggressively writing songs about things that I've done. Yeah that have annoyed me that have annoyed him that that wouldn't be so great yeah. I just feel like you know with the tax thing I feel like he would just very quickly become mean mm. and selfish yeah. you know and be you know sort of telling me why I he should have the hammock I've just made yeah. or whatever and, and yeah. yeah
0: he keeps going off for walks on his own and you think it's just because you know he needs his own space and you find out he's got this massive stash of coconuts on the other side of the island <laughs>
1: We were going to say something else then but I mean, if he's brought his own massive stack of coke that, you know or coconuts then yeah yes exactly he'll be stockpiling something on the other side of the island yeah,
0: yeah.
1: and will somehow sell them back to me eventually I mean to be honest I'm going to go pretty mad quite quickly mm. so I feel like I will be Take advantage of all. Hmm. Take advantage of all. Bull, bull. That's a word.
0: <laughs> Good. Okay. Stand by <laughs> it. Good. Well, Gary Barlow is there with you. And who's yeah. going to join you? Who's next?
1: Well, um, this is somebody. Have you had Gary Barlow before? I believe so. Do you by know way, what? I do have a spreadsheet. Yeah.
0: I can look you it should. up for you... You if you want. Yeah. Because I chatting. thought.
1: Um, yeah, you can because the second one I'm pretty confident you won't have had okay. before because I thought Gary Barlow and my other one might be a little bit root one. Um Mitch Winehouse.
0: we had Va- Mitch Winehouse oh, before? I don't Amy, it's Amy Amy's Winehouse's dad. dad. Yeah. Now yeah, have you okay.
1: seen the the documentary, Amy?
0: I have done, yeah, I have. Well, yeah.
1: yeah, I thought of everyone in that who comes across badly, and there are many of them, he was my number one. Like, worse than her husband, because he was just, not just, but off his head, and so it's a mm. little bit more understandable. But Mitch Winehouse, who abandons his family, uh, well, well, firstly, had an affair for a really long time, openly had an affair for a really long time, mm. and then left, and he's, uh, there's some footage of him saying oh I don't think it bothered her it's like wow you've really put a lot of thought into that have you um and then the bit where she's gone off to an island to try and pull herself together and he turns up with a fucking camera crew Mm. and then tells her off for not being friendly enough to some fans who've approached her and frankly she was fine to them like she wasn't massively friendly but she wasn't you know she wasn't
0: but she given the circumstances been. at that point i yeah. think it's fine to sort of be a little bit abrupt with these yeah bands.
1: exactly it's just be like oh yeah all right fine um and uh he and the the thing that broke my heart was um that she was always delighted to see him she was always really really excited and you could see that oh my dad my dad's here and then he was just letting her down over and over again and just making mm. himself into a celebrity i think i think the first time i saw him was on um you know, Hootenanny or whatever, and he sort of turns up in his hat. And I just before I came on, I had to look at his website, and he is doing the um, the full. Uh, I'm I'm performing. I'm a jazz singer songwriter, oh. and there's a little thing on his website which is where am I performing next? And it says Pizza Express in Soho, uh, which is actually slightly better than it sounds. That Pizza Express Soho is quite a you know that you you get good people there. It's a jazz. It was like yeah. the first Pizza Express, and it's you know. Has this little jazz room? It's, it's cooler than it sounds, but I was like, "Oh, I mean, that doesn't sound very likely." And I clicked on it, and it was uh, October 2019. So um, I was delighted to find out that was the last time that he performed. Yeah. Um, he and he just illustrates to me the worst of toxic mas- masculinity. That's what I think. That kind of total entitlement and lack of understanding mm. that um, that your behaviour impacts other people and then and do you know that the only reason that he allowed that documentary to be made was because he'd seen the Ayrton Senna one which was made by the same people have you seen that
0: yes very good
1: (gasps) yeah it's really good but what's funny about it to me is that Mitch Winehouse like Ayrton Senna's parents (laughs) are like the most delightful people in the world. And I think he was a bit like, oh, I'd like I, I'd like a bit of that. And then, of course, <laughs> in his version, that's not
0: how he comes across. Yeah. He doesn't... They come across well because they're nice people. Yes, exactly. Decent people who he...
1: cared about their son.
0: Yeah, it's not just something we stuck on in post. You know? mm. <laughs> so yeah. have to be nice yeah. all the time to come across yeah. well.
1: And he clearly never understood that. So he allowed yeah. that and was apparently furious after he'd mm. seen it because he does not come across well but it's an interesting because the way they make those films there's no commentary at all it's all just footage so you could argue that there's no way of editing you know he 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 can claim oh i was edited badly but i would argue no that's not possible like the things we saw you do the things that you said you there was no cutting that into like yeah
0: because it's sort of there's that sort of weird thing of kind of taking advantage of, of you know your daughter's vulnerability and talent yes. as well, but then almost like, I mean, at least if you just stay behind the scenes and try to con her out with some money, that would be yeah, something. But then, absolutely. like, absolutely least... to get your own celebrity with it. Yeah, I mean, that's just. Oh, it's yeah, just so it's, sort of unself-aware and awful.
1: It's really unforgivable. And I did um, a few years back. I did uh, a radio recording with with some slightly older actors who've been around. You know, one of them's in Pirates of the Caribbean, and and they have, you know, as slightly older actors do, uh, a, a mix of very interesting friends from all sorts of areas. And we went to the pub afterwards, and I was like, mm. oh my god, that's that's Mitch Winehouse, I think, you know, and I was introduced, but I didn't hear the name or I Mm. wasn't introduced. So I had this weird thing of spending the evening with this guy who seemed very charming. Mm. But I spent the whole time going, but is this Mitch Winehouse? Because I'm not. I mean, obviously, I wasn't going to start having a go at him. He treated his, his daughter. But at the same time, I was like, I'm not very comfortable about this. And it wasn't until... I don't know, about midnight, and he told a story about how he'd been. It was quite an extraordinary story about how he'd been headbutted in the nuts by Grace Jones.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: because she thought he was Mitch Winehouse. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, so I had this sudden realization of like, hooray, you're not Mitch now and <laughs> trying to readjust all of my expectations. But also, what an amazing thing for Grace Jones to do. Yeah, yeah. She headbutted him backwards. I mean, she'd slid onto the floor. And because I, but it now makes me think, is he getting some celebrity out of pretending to be Mitch Weinowitz? <laughs>
0: it's probably the wrong kind of celebrity, though. I mean, once you're getting headbutt. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, step away. Dye your
0: hair. I mean, as celebrity anecdotes go, I mean, it's probably worth worth the genital discomfort yeah. just to be able to wheel out that story. But also, I just, I just can't stop imagining the contortions Grace Jones must be doing.
1: She head-butted him backwards, That's if incredible. that helps. Yeah, she slid to the floor off her seat and he was, I think, behind her trying to help her up. And she freaked out and swore and wow. head him backwards and then started screaming about him... Uh, how badly he treated his
0: daughter. <laughs> I could imagine Grace Jones wouldn't attack in a conventional manner. No. She doesn't no, seem the that type would be, who'd just that would go be for very
1: it. disappointing, wouldn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I just think he's <sighs> He's someone that's... like You're not going to be able to trust him on the island. No. He's also going to bore you constantly.
1: Totally. He's going to be licking up to Gary Barlow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But also kind of thinking he's better than him somehow because he's into (laughs) jazz, not pop.
1: Yes, well, it's funny you say that. On on his website, there's a real, like, air of don't go thinking I'm jumping on any bandwagon. My mum knew the Ronnie Scott. (laughs) So I think I've got every right to say that I am jazz. Yeah,
0: yeah. Also, it's kind of... Unless you've got one of the best voices I've ever heard, you know, mm-hmm. like just leave it because you're not going to be on a par with your daughter. So it's always going to, you know, yeah. even if you were always a musician, you always had a career in your own right, it's never going to, you're never going to come off well. Even if you're a really no. nice guy, they're just going to go, what, you're yeah, not very good at point." I mean, no, you know, exactly. You don't just have, have, an have incredible some incredible
1: voice. Self respect. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I, I think we've established that's not his. Um... Forte. I think self-awareness is not really
0: yeah. what he's known for. And you mentioned sort of the idea of Gary Barlow mansplaining a bit. I mean, I can imagine.
1: Oh, God, the two of them. Oh, yeah. They probably really get on, which would be um, yeah upsetting,
0: hmm. I
1: think. I don't like being left out of things, even with unbearable people.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a very wise choice. I think, uh, mm. yeah, I haven't thought of him in a long time. But yeah, just that, you're right, there was that clip on the island where he's just sort of, and I think it's even that the people approach him to say, can we have a picture with Amy? And he's like, no worries, I'll yeah. sort that out. And then, has yeah, a go at because home.
1: then he gets to be, yeah, exactly, he gets to be the. The big man and look, look like he's a lovely, generous mm. person is like, but it's not your time and it's not your yeah you know it's it's your daughter's life yeah. and you haven't earned you haven't earned the right to have any part yeah. of it at all, let alone try and you know claim it's all down to him, which I always got the impression mm. that he sort of turned up just when she was massively successful to say this was all me yeah. and that must have been yeah so upsetting.
0: Yeah, yeah, a nasty piece of work, well chosen. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I
1: did want to choose people that I thought I could stand by if they heard it. Now, I don't know if you know whether Mitch Winehouse is a big uh, <laughs> fan of this he podcast. He hasn't got in
0: touch so far. Okay, I mean, but, he's not uh, tweeting you. Yeah, not yet, but uh, yeah, you never know. <laughs> well, let's you never, see. You know, Mitch,
1: you, you, you've got lessons to learn, that's all I'm saying, you and Gary both. <laughs>
0: I mean, Gary is a big listener, but, I mean, he's he's, yes. he's, he's fine. Um, and who's going to sort of finish off this triumvirate of dicks?
1: Well, I thought, actually, I thought genuinely who would be... I mean, I want to put myself through it, really, mm. you know, because those two, they're unbearable, but I can imagine finding something within them. OK. Whereas Katie Hopkins, Ooh, and I'm yes. sure she's been picked before... Mm. Um, she, I just can't imagine, A, being able to get through to her mm. at all, but B, her offering anything that I wouldn't find repulsive. Yeah. It was actually because she was on Cameo. Do you know Cameo? Uh, it's this video messaging website where you can okay. put, you could put your yourself up and say, I will chat if you want a, a video, a birthday oh, yes, message. yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> So this, there's very, it's a group of very odd people, but Katie Hopkins is, is one of them, and um, and I recoiled just looking at her stringy arms. <laughs> I don't, and I don't usually comment on women's appearances, but I do, You know, again, I sort of feel like that would be the only kind of thing that she would even hear. But mm. like, I feel like. If I started speaking to her, she would not be able to hear anything I said unless I spat in her face and, (laughs) you know, and really... um, Even if I did say her arms were stringy uh, and, um, you know, talked about how horrible she looked, I don't know. I I feel like she's she's Teflon, isn't she? She just... She can't hear anything.
0: It's hard to know, isn't it, at this stage in her sort of career? I mean, it's... Mm. I can imagine, you know, she'll just keep doubling down and sort of getting more crazy. I mean, it's like now yeah. she's been removed from most platforms. Yeah. She's going to be one of those people that's not going to be a wake-up call where she's like, oh, God, shit, <gasps> you know what? Oh, no. Maybe I shouldn't have become an awful, inflammatory, <laughs> racist, horrible person. <laughs> maybe this is it. I'm, You know, maybe that's my way back into society. I think she'll just, like, <laughs> keep get getting... some ethics. Yeah, just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And, yeah... I... It's so weird because he's one of those people where you kind of think, I'm pretty sure you don't mean everything you say. No, but that's, agreed. But I just think that's so much worse because at least if you're sort of yeah. ignorant and you've, you know, you've never had the chance, you've never been challenged. But if you're constantly being challenged and constantly just saying the worst thing possible to get oxygen. like Yeah, you know. what is that? No, That's what
1: I mean. Like, it's so sort of beyond me. And I'm not, you know, holding myself up as the uh, <laughs> the, the the world's nicest person. Actually, maybe I am. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, you know, when so- I mean, you just can't even appeal to someone's good side because there, there just isn't one. Like, mm-hmm. I remember reading an interview with her, where, which was definitely her chance to kind of go, look. Because actually, Julie Hartley Brewer... Who is awful, but I believe that she does have some some morals somewhere in there. I I, I think that she does sometimes think, oh god, oh god, is this what I am doing with my life? Whereas I think Katie Hopkins really doesn't. Mm. Um, and she, there was at like, the interviewer asked her about her her son, who I believe is special needs. I may have got that wrong, but I do know that she has epilepsy mm. and is and is sort of terrified that she won't be. Um, you know, that she's going to die and her kid slash kids are not going to have enough, you know, to get by, which is de- definitely, yeah. that's a proper human worry that anyone with any empathy is going to go, right, yeah, God. But but actually, even in that interview, she didn't say, she didn't say, so sometimes I say things that I don't mean. Yeah. She was like, so this is why I'm, I'm doing it and I don't see there's anything wrong with it. It's almost like she decides what she She gets to decide what
0: she means and then stands by it. But even then, it's sort of... There are other ways to make a living, you know, like... Like if, what are you know, talking about, Dan? If we, if you know, if our children were starving, or we we're worried that we we're going to prematurely die at any yeah. moment with no notice, then obviously we'd be scrabbling around, doing whatever it took to make some cash. I,
1: w- I would, be simply writing disgusting columns, yeah. and shoving them at people and saying, "Give me some money." Yeah, exactly. It's
0: like, oh, we've we've dug out this uh, article you wrote. I was young. I needed the work. I had to be racist. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It's not like no, you know. Some guy said if I take my top off, you know, he'll give me 50 quid. It's like, I mean, that would be more understandable than going. So, you know, I just went far right and and I'm not sorry. So, you know. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I also feel like with her, because it's all like a big, well, it seems like at one point at least it looked like it was a bit of an act or whatever.
1: Yes. Well, she wasn't that bad on The Apprentice, was she? Like, she wasn't... Insane,
0: she said, as a good thing, that she had an affair because she always gets what she wants.
1: Yes, that was the yeah, famous right. thing, That's wasn't it? Not... So, like, yeah,
0: and that was her kind of you know, that weird one upmanship ruthlessness game that they play on yeah. the imprints. Like, I'm a bigger twat than you are because look what yeah. I'll fucking do in public, you know, and yes. that makes me a better businessman than you. Um, <laughs> but I just feel like you'd be stuck on an island with her to the point where she'd probably let her guard down and eventually yeah. be like. You'd maybe be able to have a normal conversation. And then as soon as you you were rescued, as soon as you got back on that ship, she'd be like...
1: She would literally stab me in the back. Don't take that
0: sandwich. It was made by a brown person or something. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it would be the thing that would de-escalate her. I mean, I I think I possibly have a bit of a fantasy of turning these people's lives around for them (laughs) because they're doing they're doing well financially actually actually, Katie Hopkins and Mitch Winehouse probably not so much but um but just in terms of ethics yeah I feel like but I I I think that that way madness lies basically if you you because I was talking to a friend this morning and he was like well he'd be arguing all the time with Katie Hopkins and I don't know if I'd have the energy to to argue with her you know if you sort of get to the point I I used to argue all the time Mm. with people and particularly with any kind of internet presence you work out No, that I mean the number of people who are um, you know convicted of an argument mm. is that the right word? you know what I mean um, is so minuscule that there's just no point in putting the effort yeah. in if you think your 280 characters back and forth is going to convince someone that they're wrong you're yeah. an idiot um, mm. and I feel like even with all the time in the world I just the the, the migrants in the sea one was just so upsetting yeah. that you sort of think I can't, I, I can't engage with this person mm. at all. Like you could, you could engage with some idiot on The Apprentice who's saying I had an affair because I am ruthless. That yeah. that's kind of almost funny. You mm. sort of feel like you could have a conversation with that person, but.
0: Number. Yeah, I just think even if it got to the point where, yeah, you're marooned on a desert island, at some point you try and escape and she becomes a migrant in the sea, that won't be enough to <laughs> dissuade her from her argument that actual <laughs> She'll be migrants looking. should still be gunned yeah. down by She'll
1: be gunships. looking for other migrants who are worse off than her yeah. so that she can, as she's drowning, so she can bully them oh you're right though that's that would be a really good thing to try and make her a migrant in the sea maybe every morning i could start by dragging her sleeping body into the sea and saying now now do you know how it feels just throwing coconuts
0: and stones at her like i don't have a gunship but here's a rock (laughs) and i think though you're gonna start off you're gonna go right okay i'm in in this for the long long run i don't want to pick any fights i'm just going to make the best of it I'm going. I'm just going to steer clear of everything. I'm mean, going to be Mrs. Yeah. Neutrality here. Yeah. But then she's going to yeah. go... Mitch Winehouse won't be able to resist telling a story about Amy. And then yeah. she's going to instantly go, oh, what, that fucked up old druggie or something like that. Oh, and my God,
1: you're right. You're just going to be this weird peacemaker
0: between two people who you hate. That hates. Going, oh, guys, please, I hate you both. I hate listening to you. Please shut up. Please die quicker than me. But I don't want to make that happen. <laughs> but just shut up.
1: You're right. You're right. That would kick in, so that I couldn't. Uh, yeah, you you can't stay away. And also, I do. I've you know, as I've realised during lockdown, I do need human contact. I really mm. do. I can't be. I can't go and find a Mr Wilson or whatever. Was mm. it Mr Wilson or just Wilson. Wilson? I think
0: it's just Wilson. Yeah, the the ball yeah. in the. In the Castaway.
1: Though that does seem like more... Has anyone ever chosen Wilson from Castaway as their...
0: Uh... <laughs> no, no. Like Most hated... What yeah, have you looks, got against looks Wilson? looks a bit smug. <laughs> I hate sport. He looks smug. He didn't try and swim back off the raft. Do you know, this? you will
1: get to that point where people have gone insane and are <laughs> picking, <laughs> picking inanimate objects <laughs> as their as worst people to do. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's a, a good selection of awful, awful people. Mm. So uh, that's a, that's well chosen. But um, mercifully, now amongst the wreckage of the plane, <gasps> there was what? some food and drink <gasps> left over. Unfortunately for you, oh. it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they, and why are they so bad?
1: Now I'll be interested to see whether this has come up before. Mm-hmm. Bean sprouts. Oh, bean sprouts! <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. Let me shut you down. <laughs> Bean sprout. Don't go defending beans.
0: No, no, no. I'm saying no. I don't think they've been chosen.
1: No, they haven't. Good. They. I, I mean, I had an argument with my sister um, about this because she was like, "You can't hate them more than more than everything. They're so harmless." But I think they are so disgusting. I feel like they're like hollow maggots. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you and you, and they taste. They somehow manage to taste almost of nothing, but also of some sort of distinctive gas that they
0: release into your mouth yeah they do have a sort of a strong taste it's It's really
1: strong what and why would anyone find it
0: nice i think they're in the same camp as something like celery and cucumber in that like the taste itself isn't like strong as in like a spicy pungency but they really they're definitely always there you can always tell if they're there yes
1: well do you know there's some i didn't know this about Well, it might not be true about bean sprouts, but I know that with cucumber and celery, Mm. there's something in them that only one in five people can taste. And I am definitely one of those people. Like, it's really, really strong Mm. for me, cucumber and celery, because lots of people say, oh, it's so inoffensive. But of the three, bean sprouts are, are definitely the worst. They seem like they might be alive as well.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And also, you would just have to eat so many of them to stay alive if that's all we've got
0: Mm.
1: is bean sprouts then that's going to be well very pungent um from both ends and and just endless chewing it'll just be like a sort of cow chewing on bean sprouts
0: as i always point out at this point in the in the podcast like i'm i'm very non-fussy with food so I, Mm. i don't mind them but i can also understand why they're bad if you have them in your fridge they're one of those things that they reach their peak and after that they start they they sort of They get very sort of wet and soft in the bag. Yes, and and,
1: become sentient. Yeah. That's what it feels like. And
0: they also, my beef with them is, if I buy them for a stir fry or whatever I'm making, supermarkets sell them in the wrong quantity. You never need a bag as big as they sell them. You want like a handful for something or less, but you have to buy a fucking kilo of them. Do they freeze? Do they freeze? I think they're too full of water to freeze. I think they'll just sort of go mushy, like a cucumber would so sort of just go to mush you know it's like there's yeah. no bringing it back it's just fuck um, there's no
1: coming back from it no <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, like yeah they're, they're very hard to deal with because you just want like a sprinkling of them so well, obviously you don't yeah but some, no, some really people don't. want a sprinkling of them
1: my sister had um uh, went through a big phase of eating cheese sandwiches with a load of
0: uh, bean sprouts. Really? Mm. Yeah, I
1: Just it's just unacceptable.
0: Yeah, I think if you want crunch, there's Branston pickle for a cheese sandwich. I yes, think, exactly. You
1: know. Or just your, your classic lettuce. Yeah,
0: yeah. You
1: don't, you don't need the little wormy things, those little string bits on the end of them. String's not edible.
0: Yeah, they are very alien.
1: They are alien. <laughs> That's exactly the right word. They just taste of disease.
0: Yeah, and a lot... I've, I imagine they give you bugger all nutritional yeah. value. They're probably quite good for you, but you probably need to eat in a hell of a so lot to actually survive on them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because you know, there's something in spinach where there's loads of iron, but actually, they're also a um, what is it? You know, a, I want to say a deterrent. That's not that's not right. Diuretic? diuretic. They're also diuretic, so that it's not actually you know, it's only a small amount of the iron that actually goes into you. And I imagine that the calories you need to burn to get to eat the bean sprouts mm. has already you know they might end up killing you it's not maybe it's not possible to survive on bean, bean sprouts
0: definitely and then obviously katie hopkins is going to pick up on them she's going to turn it into a race issue you know. <laughs> yes
1: oh well that might be good because if she refuses to eat them yeah. then that that's fine can i watch her wither and die
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, she already looks withered and dead, though. Yes. I, I mean, it's, imagine what she'll look at death's door. I mean, that's...
1: Yeah. You know, Can't she looks sort or. of
0: like a walking kind of corpse anyway. No,
1: absolutely. But also very unappealing. So it comes up quite a lot, doesn't it, whether you're going to eat the... Of the three people, yeah. she's going to be the, the stringiest of the meats.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I'm a vegetarian
1: yeah. as well, so it's going to be a while before mm. I before I choose. Yeah. But either of those other people would be better.
0: I can imagine with her. It's sort of someone goes, "Okay, look, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to eat her." Um, she died earlier. We've got to eat her. I, I will eat her, but I, I can't watch. So you cut her up, and I'll come back. And then you, they come back, and you're like, "She was just full of ash. I don't, it was just like, it like she's been burned from the inside." I don't, I don't know. What's, oh my god! What's like, Do you
1: know? I genuinely felt a surge of pleasure there at the idea yeah. that there's, a, there's just an ex, there's an explanation. There's an <laughs> explanation of why. He- Terrible humans happen sometimes and they, it's yeah. because there's something wrong inside them yeah. and they're made of ash. <laughs> All of their innards are made of ash.
0: Yeah, just like you cut her open, it's just like sort of charcoal kind of, you know. Just...
1: Oh my God, there was a, um, uh, when I was a kid, there was a thing called Grinny. Do you know Grinny? Yeah, that rings I've had a the, this conversation with people. Yeah, it, I think it's by the same guy who did Chucky. It was sort of around the same time. But mm. there was a really horrendous thing where... Um, it's basically an old lady. The story is an old lady turns up at the door and says she's granny. And both of the parents think she's the, well, not granny, but, you know, a great aunt, for example. Mm. And both of the parents assume it's the other one's great aunt. So invite her in to live with them. And she's evil. And it turns out she's a robot. But there was all of these things where the kids would just be sort of looking into their eyes and going, oh. Should there be little short circuits in their in their eyes, or you know, and they they kill her eventually, and that like the in inside she's a a robot. I don't wow. think I've made this up.
0: Kids' TV <laughs> definitely was darker, though, wasn't
1: it? Oh, it was definitely. Dark. Yeah, that was standard fare. In my yeah. Day. Um. But yeah. So it would be lovely to find out that Katie Hopkins was a a robot.
0: Hmm. Yeah. But then you're going to get into this theory of, you know, where does she come from? Who's made her? All of that. and
1: Yes. But and then, then, then if you... someone comes to take her back, then we might get a lift home. You see, this is my level of optimism.
0: Hmm. I'm terribly sorry about this. We just sort of made her... It turns out it was just made by a TV executive to make The Apprentice more interesting.
1: <laughs> that, that is that is too realistic, sadly.
0: The algorithm just got haywire and she escaped and like, everyone worked <laughs> in the media so they, could, they didn't have the energy to chase her down. You know, well, wow, it'll <laughs> fix itself. Yeah. Still good metrics on that episode.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. We all made money.
0: And then they just got distracted, went out for a big lunch and uh, and then she went rogue. Yeah, um, yeah. But bean sprouts, then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny. There was a, a, I remember a tweet that a friend wrote ages ago now and said, um, that, you know, that someone was on The Apprentice and then they destroyed the world. And for a second, I was confused and thought he meant Katie Hopkins. And I was like, I know she's awful, but she hasn't got close to destroying the world. It's like,
0: no, I meant Donald Trump. But Not I was like, oh, one. right.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that makes that makes more sense. The other one is him and
0: Katie Hopkins. <laughs> it's so weird, isn't it? I mean, someone... it's so weird. That show should come with a warning. Yeah. 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 TV. Killing okay. Us. So we've got bean sprouts as, as your <laughs> your uh, your only food Yeah. what what are you going to attempt to wash them down oh, with what's God. your drink choice
1: I mean I think I'm better off with the seawater but um tequila
0: oh yes
1: yeah yes. and i know this is a this is a classic thing of, like you have one bad night mm. and you can never drink it again but i um i briefly I, the first time i went to university it it didn't take and i dropped out and um i I had a night where so thinking back on it my friends who I'd only known for a couple of months cause I'd only been there a couple of months um and they were very fond of me but they were also very angry with me for dropping out <laughs> so I think that there's a combination of where we're going to give Margaret a brilliant night out but also we do want her to suffer as well so I drank seven tequilas and then two pints of tartan special. Um, and then they took me down to the loch, which was in the middle of campus. And they, they didn't throw me into the loch, but they did sort of dunk me into it. They sort of, you know, each took an arm and leg and, and, and dunked me into it. The, because there was this whole thing, it was Stirling University. And the mm. whole thing at Stirling is you cannot leave Stirling University without having been in the loch um so you know i think the idea is that you spend f- four years there and you might you know fall in during a fun accident not that you are taken down there <laughs> in the middle of the night <laughs> and dunked in there um but then they took me back to my room in halls and they'd filled a bath as well as so they dunked me in that as well wow and then they took me back to my room which um it didn't have a toilet in it but it had a sink and i just stood over the sink Vomiting and vomiting and vomiting while they sat around wearing pairs of my knickers on their on their heads, <laughs> just just chatting. Yeah. It was a very,
0: yeah. I yeah. mean, I was very very ill. Yeah, there there is no no drink like it. I mean, no. What is it? What's the flavour? Oh I mean, it's well, it's a cactus. It's, I mean, that's what it has. <laughs> it's no, it? Is yeah, that yeah, it's literally? Like, it's, called, it's an agave flavor. agave plant, which looks oh, like God, it. That it sort it. of looks like a taste of spikes. Yeah, it's like, I've said it before, it's like, it was, you know, probably invented by, like, the toughest Mexican cowboys. You're like, yeah, we I'm going to drink something made out of a cactus. You know, like, yes. fucking hell, yeah. You know, um, Jesus.
1: But, but, I mean, I'm suspicious. I mean, I'm suspicious of all spirits, frankly. Mm. Uh, but anything that you have to neck, you know, that idea that, oh, no, you couldn't keep this in your mouth for yeah. a long time because it's it's so awful. What's that doing to your insides? My insides are not made of ash. This is (laughs)
0: the
1: thing. This is the thing.
0: (laughs) But the thing is, like so let's you know, you have you lick some salt, which isn't pleasant, you drink this very strong thing. Yeah. And then as a relief afterwards (laughs) bite lemon. Which, you know, if you did that without the two steps before, it'd be like, Gh, I've just bit a lemon. But after those two steps before, you're like, oh, yeah. the sweet release of, of this <laughs> citrus fruit. Oh, the acid burn on my lips. Oh, god, the, the sanctuary this is giving <laughs> yeah. me. You're like, yeah, how bad a... are the first two steps where that's it's a like the saviour? Masochistic
1: drink, isn't it? It's a bit. Do you know that um, pineapple? Apparently, when you eat it, it's eating you. Again, I haven't made this up. There's some <laughs> enzyme which is sort of eating you. And, um, uh, and uh, you know, I read it on Twitter, clearly. Mm. Uh, but it said, you know this... You, as soon as you read this, you knew this to be true. <laughs> and I sort of get what they mean, because it does feel like it's doing that. But I would say the same thing about tequila. Is It, it just immediately feels like it's not a foodstuff. It's not something that should be yeah. inside you. You know, it should immediately be ejected yeah. I think the other thing the the next time that someone tried to make me drink tequila they then accidentally headbutted me sort of straight <laughs> away like she dropped something on the dance floor and I bent over to say something in her ear probably uh, please don't make me drink tequila <laughs> and and she stood up very very quickly and head but like it sort of Oof. almost broke my nose um and also it's one of those things where she was so drunk she didn't really know that it was really quite bad so (laughs) she was like ah and went off dancing, and I sat like for the next three hours with the ice from my tequila clamped on my face, yeah. feeling incredibly sorry for myself. So I do also think it's a curse as well. Yeah, like yeah. not just that it's disgusting, but
0: no, I agree. I, sh- I, I shouldn't sort of, be near it. I kind of resent my inability to drink it anymore because I liked, <laughs> I liked it when I liked tequila. Like it was cool. Yeah, you know, it's got. It so is much, cool. You're right. You know, it's like the leather jacket of the spirits world. <laughs> it's like it's rock and roll. Do you know? What Have I mean? you ever done the worm? No, I don't it's think I have. Them. No, mm. but I just—I mean, I have been to Mexico and to the town of Tequila, where loads of people—really—basically, <gasps> sort of, I think I think I was about nineteen, eighteen, nineteen, and you go there as a like a young white tourist, and lots of people yeah. out the back of their house delight in selling you or trying to sell you like this fucking moonshine that they've <laughs> made you, and they all think you're American, so they're a little bit standoffish at first as well. And they're like, oh, you want to drink tequila, huh? And they pour you a fucking tumbler full and then stand there with their arms folded watching you. Die, oh, my God. And struggle. And it's like, you Did know. Did you down it? You can't I, sip I, it. I remember there being times where I had so much in my mouth it took a few swallows. <laughs> you know, oh, it wasn't like God. a one shot thing. And oh, I mean, God. and I made it through that only to stitch myself up at uni where where well, that was like the final nail in the coffin but you know i liked it i liked it when i was good at it and now like yeah i can smell someone else drinking it and i have to walk away it's just too yeah too much. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah it's it's like um oysters as, as well which i actually do like
0: i was going to say like i want to like them as well because it's like a sexy rock and roll a, yeah, thing it's like but
1: it takes work
0: <laughs> yeah it's like a cool thing you want to knock it back you know like come on it's, yeah you know but yeah I can't do those either. Also <laughs> it, tequila has a famously sort of fighty energy doesn't it? It's like a very sort yeah. of like rowdy drink. So I mean you don't Katie Hopkins drinking that.
1: No I really don't. I don't and I, I actually find that whole thing of um you know forcing shots on people mm. I find it really you know sort of boring and aggressive like <laughs> the, mm. the worst of those things and I feel like both Barlow and Winehouse are going to be quite keen on that, on on yeah. doing the whole sort of... No, you know, jeering until yeah. you do it, which I'm not.
0: Mitch Winehouse strikes me as a sort of person who will, like, go kind of just bully you into taking a shot and then when you're lifting the glass, he's secretly tipping it over his shoulder, yeah. so he's just making you get drunk here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The
1: good thing is I, th- I think that both of those men will be scared of Katie Hopkins, so I suppose that there's um,
0: yeah.
1: that... That will be... um, But then she's not exactly going to be responsible with that power, is she?
0: No, no, it's a... It's definitely a recipe for, di- for disaster. So <laughs> yes, uh, well, yeah. thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well chosen, well chosen. <laughs> okay, now, Margaret, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. Oh, my
1: God! The not Planes... just Gary singing. <laughs> no,
0: the Plains entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time and the other is your least favourite song. What are oh. they and why? Well, okay, so um,
1: the Blair Witch Project... Mm-hmm. Which is not a bad film, I don't think. Well, I know that actually some people do think it's a bad film, but I think it's an amazing film. Yeah. But I am not cut out <laughs> for it, especially on a desert island. Um, I, although a friend of mine, when he saw it, he, he's from the countryside, and he was like, "Oh, that's just you know, that was just a generic Saturday night out uh, <laughs> in the countryside for me." And I'm a real city girl and I was terrified way before anything frightening happened like Mm. opening opening credits I'm scared Mm. and I knew by the way I wasn't one of those people who went along not knowing what to expect Mm. which in which case I would have been utterly terrified you know they sort of set it up as a real footage and whatever I knew it was all fake um, but I was super terrified and in fact when it came out a bunch of my friends went to see it and I said I'm just not seeing it and I said I tell you what if I ever get a boyfriend I'll see it then because then I'll at least have someone in the bed next mm. to me. Um, and then I hap- it happened to come on television when I did have a boyfriend and he was indeed staying over. And I was like, oh, he said, well, this is, you know, this is fate. Let's watch this. And um, about 10 minutes in, I turned and I said, this was, this was a mistake. This was a mistake. <laughs> and um, the bastard, uh, when we went to bed, I, he'd gone into the bedroom first. I went in and turned the light on and he was facing the wall. Oh. I don't know if you know the film. <laughs> but I mean <laughs> it's just not just not okay. And I didn't sleep at all that night. And I really like my sleep yeah. so I don't I don't want to be watching it. I actually don't think I might watch it once in the morning when it's all bright and I can't stand listening to those three chatter yeah
0: it's just such Bye. an uncomfortable i mean obviously it's meant to be an uncomfortable watch and i think that was one of mm. those films where like at the time it was like no this sets a new benchmark for. there was so much sort of <laughs> yeah. hype around it a lot it?
1: of hype I think, a lot of hype i think i heard something about what do you think of it
0: i've only ever seen bits because i'm a, a, a right. massive scaredy cat and i hate good I hate, so I know the sort of, high five i know what it looks like but um, yeah. I haven't I haven't watched it all because I don't like it. It scares me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like scary things. Well,
1: this the whole thing. The whole thing is that um, the the rumor about this witch was that she would make before she killed. She would kill people one by one and that everyone else, while they were waiting to be killed, would have to face the wall.
0: Right, OK. So
1: that's why my boyfriend doing that was so <laughs> utterly terrifying, because that's one of the last shots of the film, is you, that you open a door and you just see one of the mm. characters facing the wall. Although
0: it's quite hard to face the wall in a woods, so I don't know how they... Well, no, was there was... Face um... a tree or
1: something. <laughs> no, yeah, that's just someone having a piss, yeah. that's not scary. <laughs> um, no, it was, they did get to a... They found oh, a house okay. or a shack or something, yeah. that's where
0: yeah that's where that is i I think I heard like a story once by the one by the main woman in it, and she was saying that um as part of the sort of mythology around it i th- at the time of the release, they sort of pretended she was dead and stuff, and it caused her all kinds of problems oh, in her real life because people oh, like god
1: that's so awful yeah. I can't get any money out of the bank
0: <laughs> yeah just people thought she was dead or like it just sort of caused a load of missing or... yeah just loads of hassle and and strife she didn't need you know when you think i'm a young yeah. actress this is like my first massive film, yeah exactly and i bet
1: exactly and i bet they got paid like a hundred pounds for <laughs> it as well you know she won't have been raking it in mm. however much money it made
0: but i think even if you watch yeah. it in the daytime at some point you know it will be nighttime and that's what I don't understand no. about scary films. It's like, it doesn't matter what environment I see it in, that's still in no. my head forever. So, yeah. when it is dark. No, but
1: don't you have like palate cleansers? Like, if you watch something a bit scary before bed, then you have to watch a Seinfeld or a 30 Rock yeah. just to get you back into that mode yeah, before you go to bed. it
0: will still come back into my stupid brain oh, at some point.
1: I saw Shallow Grave and I was very excited that I didn't have nightmares that night. And three weeks later, I had a full on you know, the whole night was just scary dreams yeah. about the worst scene mm-hmm. in that. But I'm super, I'm, I don't like, so my level of scared, right, is that um, I, this came up as a memory for me on Facebook the other day, where I um, I was lying in bed, um, you know, was ready to go to sleep. And my husband whispered something that sounded like Buck Reed. And I said, what did you say? And he didn't say anything. And I said, no, what? What did you say? And he didn't say anything again and then I then I became terrified. And um, and I was like, No, seriously tell me what you said and he said he'd burped and said, Pardon me, but I hadn't heard it and I said, Oh, I thought you said Buckreed and he was like, Well what's that? And I said, But I don't know, but it sounded like the beginning of a scary film. Like some dystopian scary film where someone says something.
0: He goes missing and then someone in the street walks past you go, Buckreed
1: Yeah Thank you oh, was Thank you, that's exactly but, and anyway, and, I, and so we had a bit of a laugh about this. But then we tried to go back to sleep, and I kept going. I know what you're going to do, but please don't do it. I'm really scared. I'm really scared. And then there'd be another pause, and I'd be like, "Please don't say it. Please don't say it." And he very sweetly didn't say it until the next morning. But even the next morning, when he said it to me, I was scared. My daughter, who is a pale Victorian child of a of a person. <laughs> And um, she she would whisper <laughs> it to me, and she put out you know like the letters in the bathroom. Oh. She spelled it out on the bathroom wall. Oh. And I and I was like, well, this is where we are. I'm scared of a word <laughs> that nobody said, <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. But it's true from now on. I mean, and someone texted me from a phone that I didn't know, yeah, yeah. but read. <laughs> because people found it so
0: hilarious. <laughs> That's the thing because the word is getting funnier and funnier as well. <laughs> exactly.
1: And it is it's there's something about it, isn't there? There is something. Another friend of mine made a movie poster <laughs> with with Buckreed with a, like, a child standing over a gravestone. And I'm genuinely a bit scared.
0: Oh, ah, old Cynthia Buckreed. Yeah, <laughs> she, she died 50 years ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and my friend Dave Reed Said he's he's going to call his... If he ever has a male child, he's going to call it Buck. <laughs> and imagine, and I would be scared of that baby. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> OK. It's, yeah,
1: that's where we are. OK,
0: well, what, what would life. your song choice be then?
1: OK, my song is... It's not the worst... Again, it's not the worst song in the world, but I do loathe it. Mm. It's Act Naturally by The Beatles. OK. Which is... So it's on Help... Mm. And I got Help was the first Beatles album that I really loved. It was the first CD that my dad ever bought when we got a CD player. So it was very, very exciting. And um, But I always hated that song. I hate Ringo's voice. I don't mind it when he's doing a little bit of a comedy, mm. you know, Octopus's Garden or, you know, even Little Help from my friends. They have John and Paul's joining in mm. and, you know, whatever. But it's, and it's so dirty and repetitive. And the, the, the um, you know, the, uh, the theme of it is just so pathetic. It's like, oh, I'm really, really sad. I, it's, it, it's, a, it's not a Beatles song. It's, um, I can't remember who wrote it, but it's a country and Western mm-hmm. song that he decided he liked and thought was cool. Um, but the the real reason that when when you said I have to come up with a, a, a song was that when I had the, the CD player and the tape mm-hmm. player, very exciting both together, and I'd listened to the CD so many times and I was going to tape it, I couldn't be bothered to listen to it in the right order. So, you know, the magic of shuffle. Yeah. I'm going to put it on shuffle. And um, I put it on shuffle, and every single time it came up with that naturally. And it would do the opening bars down, 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 lazy, left those few bars (laughs) on. but So I would get those few bars and then one of the tracks off Help and then those few and for some reason that CD player really wanted me to listen to Act Naturally and eventually I think I did have to put the whole song on um, towards the end of the recording. (laughs) But I, it's, there's something about it that goes right through Mm. me because of it.
0: Yeah, so I find with Ringo, he's such a because it, it feels like someone put into the Beatles contract that maybe like one in every 10 songs, you've yeah. got to let Ringo have a go. Or it's sort of like he's like their little brother. Yeah, and let let mom, your brother
1: play. Yeah, yeah. let him you have let a go. let your brother play.
0: Can I do yeah. my song now about the octopus? He's like, uh, maybe on the next album. Oh, so, you promised. <laughs> oh, go on then. You know, it's that sort of think and sometimes i kind of think like my son is three and a half and you know he loves watching the yellow submarine which compared to a lot yeah. of the stuff three-year-olds can enjoy is like this is yes. great yes no well done and you know i feel like god you know what without ringo you wouldn't have Octopus's garden and um yellow submarine which you know aren't amazing tunes in the canon of no. their work but they're the entry but point are, yeah. to get small exactly. kids interested exactly. in they're music
1: they're proper Nursery rhymes, You know, yeah. And it
0: means that now on a car journey, we can always listen to the Beatles. So it's like, well, thank you, Ringo, because, you, you know, you're yeah, the gateway.
1: For being the gateway But at the same
0: time, like, shut up, Ringo, you're in the Beatles. <laughs> it's the fucking <laughs> Beatles. What are you doing? Stop dicking about and take it seriously.
1: Because, yeah, yeah. And because George, who really was a good songwriter, and, you know, like, he didn't get much of a chance. Understandably, you've got Lennon and McCartney, mm. but but the idea that you would waste any any time on, on Ringo. And you're right, those the gateway drugs are fine. But act naturally, I don't think falls into that mm. category. Because, as, as I say, it's not even by the Beatles. Yeah. I think it's really just lame. It's just a kind of pathetic... I, I think it literally um, has the same verse and chorus <laughs> three times or something.
0: I wonder if there's, like... A, I mean, in terms of a ratio of being... The biggest band with the person you take the least seriously in it. I mean, that must mm. win because I mean, there's other bands where yeah. you, could, you know, like the Stones, you kind of don't pay much attention to, the, you know, like the drummer or whatever. But he's not. No one kind of says he's a shit drummer, which people constantly no. do about Ringo. You they know. Say
1: about Ringo? Yeah, which I think is.
0: And he's kind of harsh. you know, and like to be one of the two that's left. You're like, I mean.
1: Oh, I know. It seems that we, I know. Because, like, if you He's met him definitely... in the street,
0: you'd be like, "I saw Ringo Starr in the street," but it's not like yeah. I saw Paul McCartney in the street.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? You'd you'd be happy to see him. You don't need to talk to him. It's fine. I don't need to hear what he says. Yeah. I really love the fact that he um, he says he won't reply to any fan mm. mail. I think it's such an un-Ringo move. It's sort of hilarious. And then to say peace and love at the end of that message, <laughs> yeah. where he says, "I will no longer be replying." And I don't know whether it's... I mean, I'm sure it is a pain in the ass having to... Re- feeling you have to reply to all the fans. Mm. But you know that, that Simpsons episode where, where he replies after whatever it is, 30 yeah. years? Yeah. And I do sort of wonder whether it was a response to that, whether, whether more people started writing to him, going, we hear that whatever happens, you are going to reply yeah. to us. Yeah. So we are sending you more and more.
0: Because it was only a few years ago, wasn't it? So, like... Yeah. You'd probably got over the bulk of your fan mail by that point. <laughs>
1: surely I mean I don't know maybe there are lots of new very very excited Beatles fans yeah but it's still going to be on the way I
0: mean you know like I say with my son there are new Beatles fans every day but I just think you know if you're a new Beatles fan you probably still wouldn't write to him in the way you would have written to him in the 60s
1: (laughs) No, and you can reply to emails really quite easily. I mean, yeah. you know, you can get someone else to you can reply. Yeah, have an to auto
0: reply. You know, it'd be easy to mock up an <laughs> so auto you can reply. Go, yeah. Thank you for your interest. Peace and love. You know, I enclose yeah. a JPEG of me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you think that it Ringo's
0: into JPEG? Someone would have taught him. Someone would have put it on the automatic response, you know, like an out of office, but like that's what happened. Yeah.
1: It's a little Ringo
0: yeah, meme. Yeah. He had... Um, mm. I used to work with someone who was like this huge, huge Beatles fan. And um, about six years ago, Ringo had this huge auction of loads of stuff he had amassed. And it was just oh, really? mad stuff. It was like a lot of it just looked like if you went into like a, a bar in the sort of 80s in, in a sort of tourist resort in Spain. You know, like sort of lots of like weird big ashtrays and sort of strange sort of branded little tables and just like real crap that you only were interested in because it was Ringo Starr yes and he's just having a massive clear out at some point but yeah. it was mad to think that that existed anywhere in his house anyway and it was a lot of stuff as well
1: the um uh, the Craig Brown book uh one two three four which is not a great title but um the, his Beatles book is really really good i can recommend it but there's a thing about ringo and how and his interior decor in fact because that he just had he just had no clue what to do like I think he was I think actually he was by far the most working class mm. so his house I think his house was I, I wish I could I mean this is not a good anecdote because I can't really remember the punchline but basically the description <laughs> of his house was quite extraordinary it was just somebody who had no idea you know no idea you could even hire a, a, an interior decorator and it was like mm. a, just a mattress and a stool that he was that he was living <laughs> with like really at the height of their success because yeah. he just didn't didn't get it didn't understand
0: yeah. Well, that sort of fits with the stuff he was getting rid of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It's funny that he didn't do it earlier.
0: Yeah. More and more, I just think if I had the money the Beatles had, I'd just get, I mean, my flat's tiny, so I would get a bigger house. But mm. there's a point where you sort of see rock stars' houses. Like, they used to have a programme on MTV, Cribs. And you'd like, yeah. it was so obvious that they've just got too many rooms. Yes, you know, too this much is stuff, my too many rooms. This is my third living room. And I just think I'd always be putting my phone down, you know, like, why oh phone... it just
1: it would exhaust me. It would exhaust mm. me just having and because I'd never be tidy enough and I'd never, you know, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Well, well a look, fine you've choice. made us
1: feel both very happy about our tiny <laughs> flats.
0: <laughs>
1: Next. So that's what we this need.
0: time of the year is all about just trying to see the, the good in things. <laughs> exactly. think, despite hosting a podcast where we try and see the worst in
1: things. <laughs> see <laughs> the best in the worst of things.
0: That's your slogan. Okay, Margaret, now finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Yes. Which animal is it and why?
1: Well, I considered the rat and then I genuinely couldn't cope with the idea. Uh, So I've gone with uh, (laughs) pigeons.
0: Pigeons, okay.
1: The rats of the sky. (laughs) And I know that you, but you can overrun somewhere even if you can fly, can't you? They're all in the... um... Yeah,
0: well, Trafalgar Square used to be fairly overrun with them. Everything's covered in shit and, you know.
1: Exactly. And I think that they have a vendetta against me. (laughs) I have a, um, one of the weirdest things that's ever happened to me, and in fact, I I was accused of of making this up, or rather, after I told someone, the, the other person with us said, she's... You mustn't listen to that. She's made that up. But the brilliant thing is, is I have a witness. Right? I used to live on the second floor of a flat, of a block flats, and I I once came came home, went up the the stairs, and out and on my welcome mat, a pigeon was sitting and looking at me. And I wasn't that enamoured of pigeons at the time, but I didn't hate them in the same way I do now. And it looked at me. It did. It did. It looked at me. It got up, and it had laid an egg, and it sort of pointed at the egg. Right. At which point I did freak out a bit, and I got out my phone. I knew my my boyfriend at the time, now husband, was inside, and I have to stay married to him Mm. so he can corroborate the story. (laughs) And he he, I I rang and I said, "You have to come to the door. You have to come to the Mm. door." And he came to the door, and he opened it, and he saw this this pigeon, and he he shooed it away, and it flew down because there's no window, like open windows or anything. It had to fly down two flights of stairs and out of the door. And then I was like, "Well, what do we what do we do with this egg? What do we do with this egg? I don't understand." And he um, and and um, he was like, "Well, we we can't hatch it. I don't know if you know about this, but if you hatch it, like we could have put it out on the little balcony." Mm. That pigeons will just live there forever. Mm. You know they, they they don't they don't leave. They so said we're just gonna have to throw it away. We threw it away, <laughs> which felt really really wrong and really horrible. And um, my husband, as we've established, has a way with horrible stories. <laughs> he he was like, oh, that feels like the the pigeon's given it to you to look <laughs> after, and that's what you've done. Yeah. And he said, and I think that when we have a child. <laughs> That pigeon's gonna come
0: back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Get it. King Pigeon. And I've and I genuinely, as we've established, scared a cat, mm. I've genuinely become a little bit scared of pigeons. And when we had uh, my daughter, they were but I swear <laughs> to God they cut they, they they pick on both of us. They come towards me. I've had to duck pigeons flying at me before. And I've seen there was one particularly that had these feathers that looked a bit they were a bit ruffled. Like David Bowie in the labyrinth. Head. Yes, but also like it might be a crown. I <laughs> like it might be, it might be the pigeon queen come back
0: together. Yeah, because I, I was thinking in my head, it's like a, you know when they sort of in cartoons and when it, there's like a basket left at the door. you know,
1: it's always like, exactly oh, put like this that. child
0: here. Oh, I must take them as my own and raise them and
1: put them in the bin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I must take this child and put it in the bin. Imagine now if you're having to homeschool a pigeon as well as your kids. <laughs> You're
1: right, you're right. It's worth being living in fear of pigeons, <laughs> at least I don't have to. Oh, those pigeons with their horrible little melty, clumpy claws that you get yeah in. those oh. weird things,
0: isn't it and um yeah, and there's something about I had this was a squirrel in the park the other day where you know like animals that sort of most animals they kind of know the boundary, Yes. and you kind of go oh, squirrels have got very bold. Yeah, so you sort of, you know the natural boundary between us and them, and you kind of think, "Yeah, wait, you're closer than you usually are. What's going on here?" And my son was playing on something in the playground, and this squirrel just kept coming closer and closer, and sort of looking at us. And I was like, "Am I on your territory? Do you think I've got food? Like, I don't. Yeah. am I going to have to kick you in front of my son because that's that's opening? <laughs> that a can doesn't of worms. look good." You know, I have had a pigeon... open a can of
1: worms. That's what you should have done. Yeah, They've
0: taken yeah, that. Yeah, because <laughs> I have had a, a squirrel run run onto my trouser leg before, and like sort of <gasps> jump onto my uh, on, on the outside oh God, and run up my leg. And I thought this is going to happen again, but last time i was just a 17 year old stoned in a park and it didn't matter as now i've got a three yes. three year old to deal with at the same time yeah yeah i, can't, watching I don't you know every what you're gonna have to do with this and um oh my god just so of, you're gonna have to we, raise it as your own yes yeah, so now that i've got that as, that as well so uh you know it's uh I, just be careful yeah well you know, it's don't funny it that you said bin. this yeah so I, yeah, I don't
1: give don't give a put a baby squirrel in the bin
0: no no i can't do that he's well he's he's too comfortable here now you know he's got a little sign on the bedroom door <laughs> and it, you know like puts little in your
1: tiny flat as well i'm so sorry i know and i go in
0: in the morning he's put his like little stickers on my on my crunchy nut cornflakes and you know, a property of me but <laughs> it's a weird scratchy handwriting that he's got tiny tiny three fingers yeah.
1: that they've got yeah. Oh, um,
0: dear. yeah pigeons that's fair enough and i think yeah i mean I just had my car shat on by a bird yesterday and that reminded me that they're just indiscriminate bastards sometimes. So I think just yeah, on the island, if yeah. you're sitting there, you know, even Releasing. if you're just, oh, it's a nice sunset and then you just hear the splatter and, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, but I suppose you've always got the, like, the excitement of maybe it's on one of those other terrible people's
0: That's heads. That's And you can eat pigeon, but I don't think the pigeons oh, yes. that you eat are those pigeons they're no, like the, the nice, ratty, nice, big, fat ones you see in woods, but these are like city pigeons. Yeah, they're, it's going to be yeah, a they're different absolutely meat. the city pigeons. Yeah. Horrible. Fair enough. Well, look, Margaret, I think you've put together a lovely selection of awful people <laughs> of and things. Disgustingness. Yeah, to, to see <laughs> out your days on this island with. And, um,
1: <laughs> well, you know. thank you. It's a gift. It's a blessing and a curse.
0: Maybe it will make the rest of your life feel better, knowing that somewhere well, no, it in this alternate reality there there is this waiting you.
1: Exactly, that parallel universe, exactly. Oh. Exactly, that will help us all through yeah.
0: lockdown, yeah. I'm imagining <laughs> <Good>. that. <laughs> and um, where can people sort of see and hear more from you at the moment? Where's a good place to catch up with you?
1: Um, well, my podcast—I uh, you can follow DTRT podcast on uh, on Twitter, which mm-hmm. is quite quiet currently. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm I'm on Twitter.
0: So it's do the right thing if you're bad with acronyms.
1: Yes, <laughs> um, and uh, MK Bourne Smith. I'm on Twitter. Mm. I've you know spread myself around. Um, <laughs> go and look at my show reel. <laughs> Hire me for some voice work. I'm you know I'm not as busy as I could be.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for coming on Desert Island Dixie. It's been a pleasure. Thank
1: you for letting me. me. It's utter pleasure. Thank you.